Welcome to Mondays with Matt, with Matt Starkey. Start each week fresh with sound financial advice. Grab your coffee and maybe a pen. It's time to kick off your week with Matt. Hey everybody, welcome into Mondays with Matt. We hope you get off to a great week this week. And Matt and I are here to talk investing, finance, and retirement as we usually do on the podcast. You can find him at Great Lakes Retirement Solutions. Anytime you need some help, just reach out to him and check him out online at greatlakesretirementsolutions.com. Matt, my friend, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, Mark. I guess I'm doing better than our governor. Uh, at least I don't <laughs> think anybody's trying to kidnap me. Oh, oh <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, oh boy, I tell you what, the, you and I have been talking all year. The world gets weirder. Every time we think it can't get weirder, it just gets weirder. It does. <laughs> it really does. Uh, and it's only going to get weirder right now, too. So we're just uh, just very, very, at the time we're taping this podcast, we are uh, a little less than, uh, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 days, something like that away from uh, the election. So it's just going to get even stranger after that. And we'll be doing a, a a podcast a few days after the election. We'll see how that goes. And we'll be posting that the following Monday as well. So if you're not subscribed to us, make sure that you do so on Apple, Google, Spotify, or whatever platform you choose. Simply search out Mondays with Matt. That's Mondays with Matt. Or of course, you can always go to his website, as I mentioned, greatlakesretirementsolutions.com. And you can find all the information there. All right, my friend. So this week, we're actually going to do some following the financial commandments. Uh, you know, a lot of times when it comes to finances, there's some rules of thumb. There's some kind of set rules that work well. You know, every situation is different, of course. But uh, these are kind of interesting, I think, and an interesting way of looking at this. And so we're going to have a little fun with this and let you dissect it. Um, so if you're yeah, kind let's, of, let's, let's do that. Let's do it. So if this was kind of in stone, so to speak, you'd say thou shalt not compare your investments to the stock market without using the proper context. And I think context is a great word because we often, you know, try to say, well, this, I saw this happen and I saw that happen, but you don't put it into the context of your own personal situation. Yeah, that's right. Context is important and comparing your investments with the stock market happens all the time. Literally that you know, that's something that we watch, right? We look at our quarterly statement. If you're one of those type of people that actually open your mail, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> uh, I get some people that get really confused sometimes by their statements. So they don't open them up. And I always encourage them to, hey, if you've got statements laying around, open the stuff up. Just, it may not be statement, but you, maybe something else important. But when you compare, when you're looking at your investments compared to the stock market, you got to have the context. So when you're a client of ours, we diversify your investments more than just the Dow Jones average is what you see on TV or the S&P 500 index um, or the NASDAQ. You're invested in funds that carry you in lots of different areas, lots of different segments of the market. So when we look at, I'm going to point back quickly to academic investing and asset allocation is the biggest factor. That means having a diversified mix. And you're not just in those top 30 stocks that are reported on the news or the, or the S&P 500, but having a diversified portfolio provides you maximum amount of return and the maximum amount of safety when it comes to investing. And the way that it does that is it brings in other asset categories or classes that are in different areas of throughout the world. Right. And and that's going to be bonds and it's going to be small stocks and, and it's going to be large stocks and it's going to be growth stocks and value stocks. And we're going to have, you know, um, some, when, when we say international, that includes Asia and the Pacific Rim. It includes, you know, India, Egypt, you've got investments in the UK and 
all over and Australia. And so um, when you compare your, you know, your investments just to, hey, the market's up, you know, 3% today. How did my portfolio do? You got to keep those things in mind because you're looking at what you see on the news and here in the USA is you're looking at the Dow Jones average, which is 30 stocks. And um, that's a good representation of the overall market and international markets do perform differently than U.S. markets. So yeah, context is very important. I won't go off too long on that topic, but make sure that if you have a diversified mix, we have a, a web portal you can get on and you can look at, hey, how are small stocks doing this year versus large stocks? And how's the U.S. doing versus some of these other international investments that I own? I would say, Mark, that a big hiccup happens when people say, well, I'm a 50-50 investor. Right, yeah. Okay, so that means about 50% of my money is in fixed income and 50% is in stocks. So if the market goes up 10 and my portfolio is only up five, you're actually right where you should be in your sweet spot. So a lot of this is risk-based. It happens to be, if you're not fully invested in the market, take a look at your portfolio and, and have a conversation. Give us a call if you have concerns. But most of my clients are not 100% invested in the market either. So if the market um, goes up 10, 12%, 15%, 20% in a year, and their portfolio doesn't look like it's matching, there's probably a very real good reason why it's not doing that. Well, and that kind of leads us into the next piece. So thou shalt not give up on your strategy before giving it enough time to play out. And I think people do push the panic button too quickly. And hey, I get it. 2020 has certainly given us lots of reasons to feel like we want to push the panic button. But that's a great reason for working with an advisor, Matt, is so that you have somebody to bounce things off of before you push the panic button. Yes, absolutely. That's a great point. Don't give up on the strategy. You know, um, often investors' lack of performance does come um, when we look at independent analysis. Dalbar is actually an independent organization that just studies investor behavior. And over the years, they've been doing these, these studies on behavior, and we call it the behavior gap. But it's the reason why people underperform markets. And that's because the average investor um, in stock funds and in, in equities you know, their average investing time is about 4.3 years. So if I have a long-term strategy of 10 or 20 years, and I'm trying to average 7.5% return over the long run, but if I switch my investments every 4.3 years or every, you know, that's the statistic, or every four years, I, I make a change or I make an adjustment or I forego one style of investing and I, and I buy a, a product to supplement my, my strategy. If you don't, adjust the rest of your investment, you've totally changed the entire expectation for your portfolio. Yeah. So makes sense. And what happens is people make these adjustments without thinking about the long term necessarily or thinking about their strategy. And so thus they end up underperforming the market. And a lot of times it's better if, actually if they just were invested in a, in a very fixed income vehicle and made no changes at all. They well, get such low, low returns. It happens yeah. with bond investors too. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, if you have a defined strategy, some, you know, it requires time and I get it. At some point you say, well, how much time is enough? And that, that's why you talk with your advisor and you work through these scenarios so that you can find out, but you could always even look back to the old, uh, Warren Buffett quote. What was it? Uh, if you're not prepared to be in the market 10 minutes, uh, or 10 years, excuse me, don't be in it for 10 minutes. Right. So that, that's right. And, and you brought up a point just at the end of the last topic, and that is work with your advisor. Having an advisor, having a coach to keep you disciplined, to keep you um, disciplined to your strategy yeah. is so, so important. I mean, it's like having a diet. You know, you go, 
you gain a bunch of weight and then you go on a diet and you lose a bunch and you feel good for a little while. And then what happens if it's not a lifestyle change, you're going to continue to get fat and then go on the diet to lose weight. You're going to get fat. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to have a coach. You got to have an, an investment advisor who knows your strategy, who developed it with you and who can coach you to stay in the market when your emotions tell you to get out. Yep. Because what happens is time in the market accounts for less than 2% of your overall long-term return. Just think about that for a minute because we just went through this coronavirus, 30% drop. If you stayed invested, you did a good thing because you didn't give in to your emotions. Yeah, um, the numbers are almost basically back where they were. In some cases, on, on some indices, they're actually higher than they were pre-COVID. So some are right pretty close to it. So yeah, ab- absolutely. Discipline can so, go a long way. It's tough. Absolutely. Hey, just like, just like the diet conversation, right? Discipline's tough. <laughs> it, it is tough, you know, and it's it's not easy all the time. And, you know, sometimes you're going to fail. It's okay if you have those emotional times, but you got to have somebody to talk to to, to keep you aligned with that long-term on, on, strategy. On the straight and narrow, sometimes you got to have that sounding board. Uh, okay, well, let's, let's keep moving along here with our financial commandments uh, that may be worthy of your plan. Thou shalt not chase big returns too late in life. Uh, again, see kind of the same prior conversation. If you did panic back in March and you did, you know, sell out and took a big hit or whatever, now you might be feeling like you're trying to play catch up and, and maybe you're just feeling that way after 09 or whatever the case is. But often that leads to making a mistake, trying to swing for the fences when your time horizon is just too short. Yes, absolutely. And I like to relate this to, um, you know, if you see, if you've ever watched um, some of those videos or AFV where an old person, older person, okay, let's, I'm defining older as, let's say over 50, 55 years old, you know, they're playing with their grandkids, (laughs) then they hop on a skateboard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that looks fun. Maybe I should try that. And what inevitably happens is something that could potentially kill them. I mean, they have a very serious injury when you put those little wheels under your feet and you're on a flat board. It just does not work for them. And so if you're late in life, if you're in let's say you're in your 50s or 60s and um, later in the term of we're very close to retirement now, right. don't walk by the theme park and want to jump on that roller coaster or say, hey, you know what? I don't. I didn't plan good enough. I, I need to go for 20% average returns because you are probably not going hit, to hit those on an average and your, your risk that you're going to take to get there is going to kill you when the market drops. So yeah, you know, I would I'd rather see uh, you know some uh, grandparents getting on the roller coaster than getting on the skateboard, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. At least the roller coaster they got their butts seated. They get their seated. <laughs> you're strapped in. You might get a little nauseous, you know, but uh, but yeah, I'm with you there because this. I mean, I couldn't skateboard when I was 20, so now that I'm 50, I don't. Hey, there's no way. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, the, it, it's hilarious to watch those, but but I mean, it, you, but I always up, cringe because I always feel I'm like, oh, please don't be hurt. Please don't be hurt. You can always feel their pain. Absolutely. (laughs) So yeah, don't go chasing those big returns too late in life. Uh, If you don't have time for your portfolio to recover, you know, just say, you know what? I've had enough of that <laughs> big swing action. We'll just stick Very with true. the, Very the true. light and easy. Well, if you if you want to use a sports analogy, think about the uh, you know the home run kings through the different uh, eras of baseball. They often are also the strikeout kings uh, because That's they are true. swinging for it. They're going for it, and yeah, when they make contact, they knock it out of the park. But they also strike out a lot. And um, that's fine for baseball, but maybe not so much for, you know, the last, you know, 10, 15, you know, 10 years or so leading into retirement or even into retirement. So 
All right, so thou shalt not ignore the costs and fees. And boy, this one is one that can certainly get you uh, because they're everywhere. And, you know, a lot of times people just don't realize how many, uh, you know, fees are hiding out. That's right, Mark. When it comes to fees in the portfolio, you got to be aware of um, what's out there. And I think the biggest way to do that is, is to have somebody that's trusted, uh, an advisor, but make sure that person also is a fiduciary. That means that they're going to put your interest ahead of their own. Yeah. They're going to explain to you clearly what you're buying. You know, you need to know the difference. As an investor, you need to know the difference between commission-based investment products and fee-based investment products. Whether you're in commission or fee, you know, that depends on your financial situation. And it, it, not all commission products are bad, but you need to know how much of a bite you're paying to get into those and how long does your money get locked up for um, we're a fee-based advisor, so I charge a lower annual fee. Um, it's it's billed differently for different folks, but usually it's monthly or quarterly. And um, what you want to know is, you know, I was just talking to uh, some prospective clients that came in the other day, and they pay their guy 2%. And I'm like, wow. You know, and he says, yeah, I'm not sure that I'm getting the value of that. I haven't talked to him in about five years. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's uh, pretty important. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what you want to know is, if you're paying your advisor, you know, and I don't want to put myself on a on a low cost producer um, benefit here because advice is worth paying for. Well, the value the value I, you get is whatever it is for you. If you're receiving value and that makes yeah. it work for you, then that's that's value. Yeah, if you pay your accountant, you know, and they save you, you know, seven thousand dollars in taxes and it costs you seven hundred dollars, well, good for you. You know, they right. they saved you money. So your investment advisor is the same way. I mean, you got to find out where that value is. And then also, if I'm buying expensive products, even if I own funds that are, you know, uh, 1.5% cost every year, if can I get that same thing where maybe I pay half of that, you know, maybe 0.75 or maybe even 0.5? Uh, a lot of times there, there are those investments out there. So what it does is it impacts your bottom line and it causes your money to compound and accumulate at a slower pace because you're fee loaded. So yeah. there's a lot of products and even in the insurance and you know industry that tend to tend to have heavier fees than you can get outside of the insurance industry. So if you got some of those, give us a call. We can do an, a quick analysis for you and we can show you on paper where the fees are. They should be outlined in those prospectuses and uh, that investors are known to read, right? <laughs> They're usually about 250 pages. <laughs> sure, Matt. Sure. Yeah, everybody reads those. Yeah. So, but you got to have a trusted advisor. So I think that's really the biggest, the right. biggest factor yeah. is don't ignore the costs and fees. Make sure that the fees that you're paying are worthwhile and work with somebody you trust that can dissect those for you and yeah. clearly explain them. If you, if you like some light reading, read your prospectus. If you want some medium reading, you know, I often read the, you know, the tax code, you know, no, <laughs> of course not. Right. <laughs> Nobody does. Yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, right. It's a little crazy. And you know, those fees, it, it's interesting when you think about that sometimes too, because you might have somebody say, well, my guy's only charging me a percent, for example, or whatever the case is, or, you know, but by the time you add in some of the other things that are in the products, it might be more like three, you know, by the time you add everything up. And if you're, if you're making, mm -hmm. You know, if you're making six, well, then you're really only making three because three's coming off of that six. So, you know, there's just right. lots of things you got to look at and, and kind of balance it out. Now, you'll also get people sometimes that go, yeah, well, I'm getting 10, but I'm paying three. 
Okay, well, then you're getting seven. And somebody else might say, well, I'm getting eight and a half, but I'm only paying one. Well, they're actually a, a, they're actually ahead because yeah. they're, they're a half <laughs> right. a percent ahead, technically. So it doesn't look as neat on paper because they say, well, I'm getting eight and a half. And the other person says, I'm getting 10. But you get the idea. So make sure that you're going through the fees with your advisor. Make sure you're talking with those conversations and adding that all up and seeing what your net is. As the old saying goes, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. So keep that in mind. That, and, that's uh, right. You oh, know, and one and a half percent difference over the over a, a 10 year or 20 year period is going to add up to a lot. So yeah, this is something that I actually just did this practice wide last year. We looked at um, overall costs of portfolios that we were in that clients were in and um, we made some enhancements and some changes that mm-hmm. actually lowers the fee structure for everybody. And it's nice. it's it's great. So definitely take a look at this and contact your advisor. Contact us if, if you're one of our clients and we'll definitely um, walk you through where the fees are, what you're paying, and um, can you do better? Yeah. So. And if you're not one of Matt's clients, give them a call anyway. Get a second opinion. Why not? Have a conversation or share this with somebody uh, you know might benefit. Let them know to check out Mondays with Matt or have them just call Matt directly at 989-401- 2949, that's 989-401-2949. Let's squeeze in one more quick one. We'll keep it short and sweet. Uh, Final commandment, uh, thou shalt not overlook the importance of rebalancing and diversifying. And uh, a lot of times, you know, Matt, people just put things on autopilot and that's fine because it's not something we want to think about every day, which of course the benefit of working with an advisor is they think about it and you don't have to. But either way, if you put things on autopilot, let's just use a target date fund. I think a lot of times we feel like that's got us diversified and that also kind of keeps us rebalanced. And it does to a degree, but maybe not as much as you might actually need because as, as while it's lowering its risk as it's supposed to do, it doesn't lower it as much as a lot of people think it does. And so it can kind of give a, a bit of a false feeling, if you will. Yeah, that's right. Um, those target date funds, you know, if you're an uneducated person and you don't want to spend a lot of a time in your investments and you're, you know, you're not necessarily working with an advisor. It's better than nothing. It's great. Yeah. It's better than, yeah, leaving it in cash. Cause, but, but at the fund level, they really have the full direction of the investment if you put your money in there inside like a 401k plan or something, oftentimes that'll work to get you down the road, but you got a blend of equities and fixed income. You never know how, where it's at. Okay. These are the, I don't, I don't love especially those target date funds, but when you have a plan with us or with your advisor, you want to make sure that those two things, those important things like rebalancing and a diversified portfolio are there. Now, just because you own a lot of things doesn't mean you're diversified either. So we have a scientific way to measure your diversification. And so if you give us a call, we can look at the investments that you're actually, your money's placed in, and we can check out what percent is in which ones, in what categories are represented, and which ones might be missing. So um, to have a fully diversified portfolio makes a lot of sense. One of the things you want to do is to stay diversified or to keep like your target in each of those categories, you rebalance the portfolio. So the average person, I, I got a client who loved having me rebalance because he says, I don't have the discipline to do it. I can't buy an asset class when it's losing and sell an asset class when it's winning to keep my portfolio in balance. So that's why I need you because even though I know it's the right thing to do, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't sell the winner while it's winning and buy the losing asset class while it's losing. It's but I know right, that's tough, important yeah. in, my, in the overall return of my portfolio. So that's the position that I play for him. And um, that's why he pays me you know, to do that, is to keep him in line and, and a lot of the other rules as well. But rebalance that portfolio. We, we like to say at least once per year, 
And if we have a market crash like we did earlier in the year, um, that's a great time to look at and maybe maybe capture some low equity prices. And we sell off some of that financial, that fixed income and we repurchase equities while they're priced low. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's all important, all of these things. So uh, some financial commandments for you to think about if you are having questions or concerns, you need some help, as we always say, before you take any action, always check with a qualified professional like Matt Starkey, investment advisor representative and the owner and president at Great Lakes Retirement Solutions. Call him at 989-401-2949. That's 989-401-2949. Don't forget to subscribe to Mondays with Matt on your favorite podcasting platform like uh, Apple or Google or Spotify or I think Amazon soon will have you on there as well. So all those things are out there. Pick whichever one you like and use that as well. And uh, you can find it all at GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. Matt, my friend, have yourself a great week. Stay safe and sane. And uh, next time we talk, we'll, uh, we'll talk about the election. We probably still won't have a president, but we'll talk about it. <laughs> well, we'll hopefully we'll have a good idea, but um, Maybe. yeah, yeah. There, I'm sure there'll be some some contestability factors uh, uh, according maybe. to yeah. according to the current temperature of our of of our nation. So yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll have a great chat. Um, we'll we'll report to you uh, what's going on in that election. And remember, a lot of times portfolios don't care necessarily who's president. Um, they they perform very similarly in both respects. So, but um, yeah, give us a call. Um, let's have a visit. We appreciate your uh, listening today and uh, you have a great week too, Mark. We'll see you next time, folks, right here on Mondays with Matt. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.